0: Okay guys, what's up? Uh this is another episode of uh AB podcast.
1: What are we talking about today?
0: And today we're going to talk about uh investing in real estate properties, investing in uh rental properties to be more specific.
1: Is there a book you're going off of?
0: I'm going off of a a blog website. Uh it's called biggerpockets.com and that's where I've learned all of my uh real estate uh knowledge and everything I've learned about real estate is uh Based off of that um, blog, nice. uh, also a couple of books, uh, ones like Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, books from Bigger Pockets, investing in uh, rental properties. You read these books? Uh, yeah, I've read them. Awesome. Uh, there's a, there's a couple, and all of those have helped me accumulate a lot of knowledge about like investing in real
1: estate. Like the Rich Dad Poor Dad is a book that I've heard a lot about. lots of people have recommended it to me. Do you think it boiled down like maybe a couple of lessons from there?
0: Okay, the main uh, the main lessons of that book, or one of the main lessons would be cash flow. And uh, cash flow is basically when you, uh, say you buy a, a real estate property, and it brings you $1,000 a month of rent, and then you have, say, let's say you have $700 of expenses with the mortgage and maintenance and uh, insurance and everything. Then that $300 you have left would be your cash flow. And uh, that's, that's the main, uh, one of the main points that was made in that book was investing. The second main point would be uh, liabilities and assets. Yeah. A liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. An asset is anything that puts money in your pocket. The book will explain these in more detail, but basically a liability, uh, you, most people think that your car is an asset when in fact it's a liability. Why? Um, because it's taking money out of your pocket every month for whether it's the payments the insurance gas okay so unless you're using your uh, car to make money then it's an it's a liability if your car is making you money it's an asset
1: what's an example of an asset like that's not a car
0: okay so an asset uh, could be a business that's making you money it could be a website a blog real estate it could be stocks bonds anything that
1: uh helps you make money right so that's an asset uh, and with the cash flow do you just uh do you just spend it on whatever you want or do you have to like reinvest it back
0: that uh so that there's a couple of things you can do that's up to you some people they'll uh purchase uh let's say a real estate property and uh they'll make maybe they have to purchase two properties yeah. so they'll invest They'll uh, get those properties. They'll get, uh, let's say, six hundred or five to six hundred dollars of cash flow from those two properties, and then they'll use that money to go and buy a car. So that way, their asset is paying for their liability. So you can use the cash flow to just uh, purchase liabilities if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Or you can choose to uh, not purchase that uh, liability and instead to reinvest
1: that uh, cash flow into some other asset. So I'm curious, Abdullah, do you have any assets that are working for you right now? Assets? At the moment? Uh, I would not have anything at the moment, no. Are you working on something at the moment? Currently at the moment, was, I'm trying to get was a, a group of people for some personal training sessions Was that I can do is because I take passion in working out, so I would want to help other people achieve their goals, either be weight loss or just to feel comfortable in their own body type. Um, do you think you'll have to invest anything up front to get this business going? I don't think really I'll have to invest anything except for my time cuz time is money and I'm not and that's what I strongly believe. So what do you think of this business model, Amir?
0: I think it's a, a, a good business model because it doesn't require a lot of upfront capital. Yeah. And uh, he can work on it in his uh, spare time. So it's uh, it's like a weekend job or a um, Uh, a uh, part-time side hustle basically so I think it's it's a really good way to start out and uh, start uh, building up cash flow and uh, investments.
1: This is what I love about today it's like before in the olden times if you had to start a store you would have to be a brick-and-mortar store with so much so many expenses that would be a liability like you talked about right yeah these Uh, days man you have like no upfront costs like you just go on the internet put yourself out there and basically all you're paying is like maybe like for for a domain name, maybe a few bucks a month for the website. Then you got sites like what is it, Squarespace? They just let you like drag and drop stuff, so you got your store up up and running. They got everything done for you. Yeah, and businesses
0: have uh, so many resources and yeah. uh, business to business. Uh, probably telling the best yeah, time products. for this stuff. No?
1: I remember uh, when my dad tried to start a business, and uh, I mean we started the flea market. That was actually a good idea because the flea market you're only paying I think it was thirty dollars a day for the table. Uh, So that was a very low investment, low liability, whatever. And that means all the profit we were making that was ours to keep. The problem was that when he transitioned it into a real store, um, that now you're paying full on rent, right? And then if something goes down on a day, like you don't make profit or whatever, uh, people are trying to sue you because you're not giving a refund or something stupid like that. And now you're saddled with all these expenses. So yeah, I really love the idea where you have low, low upfront costs right then the profit out is all yours more cash flow
0: yeah and uh, that that comes down to the expenses uh, versus uh, um, income right? so the lower your expenses are the more likely you are to make money on uh, whatever business or investment that you're trying to uh, work on
1: but it seems your approaches are different because Abdullah seems to be doing a business which is uh kind of less formal and less upfront cost whereas you want to go big and you're actually gonna to have to down down payments and stuff right you're trying to go into real estate um there there's there a lot of ways
0: to invest in real estate so if uh you can either use your own money or you can use other people's money right oh, okay. so there's ways to invest in real estate uh without having any money right there's uh they they call it uh what's it called it's kind of like uh flipping but what you do is you basically purchase or uh, you look for real estate properties that are say, um, below market value. And then uh, you take that, you buy it uh, or put it under contract and then you find a buyer for that property and then uh, you sell it to them and it can all be done within one day where you purchase the rights to the property and then sell it to another person and then you make the difference so if you buy a property say a hundred thousand dollars and it's worth hundred and twenty thousand dollars and then you sell it to that person for hundred and twenty thousand dollars and maybe with whatever expenses and time you've put into getting that deal done you
1: can have uh, anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars per uh deal wow. well, um what do you suggest to someone just starting out who doesn't have that kind of crazy capital that you're talking about to even buy the first property i would say use this to strategy that i just described
0: um where where you're just uh, looking for deals that are under market value, and uh, the other any other strategies investing in real estate I don't really know right now. Yeah. Other than uh, you can either uh, look for people that are willing to invest in you, so they'll lend you money, yeah. and uh, you can uh, if you can find uh, the right people that are willing to uh, invest in you, then uh, you won't need any of your own money to start investing. Um, but the other, the other thing I want to mention that I, I like about real estate is that you can basically you, it's, you can use leverage right so what is leverage Leverage is basically when you're taking a loan and uh, say you will have twenty thousand dollars and you buy a house that's uh, for a hundred thousand um, dollars or an apartment that that is uh, leveraging times five because you only need twenty thousand and you're uh, getting uh, an asset that's five times the value there so that's that's the thing about uh, real estate, where you can't really do it with other businesses or other um, assets, and uh, you can leverage the real estate a lot more. Some people uh, will take it up to seven, eight times um, their down payment, right? So it's harder to do that with other assets.
1: Nice, man. Yeah. Um, there are there any l- other lessons that you had from what you've been reading, so- like recently? So with uh, real
0: estate, uh, I wanted to specifically, I guess, about rental properties. There's uh, the thing, uh, the main thing you want is to be able to uh, calculate your expenses. And uh, I guess I I could uh, start start off with uh, what's called a funneling. Uh, And funneling is basically when you analyze hundreds of uh, deals or properties per day. And you do this by using uh, one of the rules is a 50% rule. Yeah. So let's say you look for you look at a property uh, on the MLS or whatever, and it's $150,000. It brings in uh, say $1,000 in rent, and the mortgage is going to be uh, $700. So the 50% rule says that the mortgage should uh, be less than, or 50% of the rent. So okay. if you're making $1,000, the mortgage should be $500. That's a good tip, Listeners, So i myself. Yeah. That's a quick way to analyze if a property is uh, even worth pursuing into more detail, with more, uh, more detail, like uh, if you should go see the property, uh, what kind of insurance you'd be paying on it, what kind of maintenance you're looking at, if it needs any more work, and uh, all, you know, like the neighborhood and all of that, all of that detail that you would need to, to research before you purchase. Nice. So that, that's the 50% rule. How many properties a day have you been looking at lately? Lately, I've, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I have not been analyzing real estate. When I learned about these, uh, I analyzed a lot and uh, I wanted to invest in uh, Vancouver and, uh, or lower mainland, I guess. Yep. And when I was analyzing using these rules and these methods, I could not find a deal anywhere that was worth taking. And uh, I have found deals out of town that I could take, but I have not, uh, I have not uh, invested in those because investing out of town is a lot tougher than uh, investing local because you would need a proper property manager, you would need to, um, it's harder to be present there. To make sure that everything is uh, running uh, well, and uh, it's just tougher investing out of town than it
1: is uh, investing where the property is say half an hour, an hour away. So it might be tougher, but how do you, how would you weigh the cost-benefit uh, scenario? Because you, on the one hand, there's a downside that you have to pay people to look after your property abroad, right? Like you mentioned. Right. But there's also the plus side that maybe you might be able to find cheaper property elsewhere in like a less developed nation or whatever. So how would you balance that trade-off?
0: Um, the thing about the prices, the rents usually also go down. But yeah, that's a good point.
1: Actually, I didn't think about that. Rents would also go down. Rents
0: uh, about, usually, yeah. if the prices are lower, then it's because people uh, don't necessarily want to live there, and uh, for whatever other reason, might be crime, might be just the neighborhood, might be the area, might be jobs. Yeah. Um, in that
1: case, couldn't you just invest in the land and not the actual home? Because the land will always be worth something, right? Land will always be at a shortage. No, no,
0: that's uh, a. a Decision that they would have to take uh, uh, we were speaking of uh, cash flow earlier um, So you want to make sure when you invest in an asset, it's bringing you a return every every month okay. or right? Yep. So, so if you're, it, you're when you invest cash in
1: flow, whereas is Holding on to land there's no cash flow that's right.
0: When you hold on to land, it's mostly capital appreciation, unless it's farmland, whereas yeah, you can like rent. appreciation. That's right. Like you can, uh, you can like with farmland, you can rent it out to a farmer, or you can farm it yourself if you want. Yeah. You can use that land, but whereas uh, just a lot in the city or something, you can't really do much with that land. It's just sitting there vacant, and uh, you're just sort of gambling on the price, which is not uh, really an investing strategy that you want to use especially with real estate because you're using, like I said, up to like seven to eight times leverage. Yeah. So if the price goes da- up, it'll go up seven to eight, you'll make seven to eight times your
1: initial investment. But if it goes down, you'll lose wow. seven to eight times your um, initial investment. There's quite, quite a few nice concepts I learned from you. There was capital appreciation, whereas I was confusing it with cash flow generating, right? But actually they are different things. One gives you an immediate return, the other one's just like a long-term investment, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Capital appreciation, like the price can go up month to month and, you know, it can go from like 110 to $220, 230 go up uh, thousands of dollars per month. Whereas cash flow, it's pretty fixed. You'll get $100, $200, whatever it is
1: from that rent that you're getting on that property. And do you recommend people to just focus on real estate or should they diversify their port- portfolios and maybe invest in other things like stocks too?
0: I think that's a personal decision, the general rule is to diversify, so you don't want to be invested in any one asset, but I feel uh, it's also if you uh, have the knowledge and you're investing into real estate with the um, right strategies, you can uh, weather a recession or any sort of downturn in real estate without uh, basically going bankrupt or you know um, losing a ton of your net worth since you're relying on the cash flow and not the value of the property, right? So if you buy enough real estate and you put all of your money in that one basket, which would be real estate, and you're making three, $4,000 a a month um, in the cash flow, the price doesn't matter to you as much as the cash flow does, right? So that's, uh, it it entirely depends on the person. If you want more, more uh, diversity in your investments, then it, uh, you should totally uh, invest uh, somewhere else, whether stocks or bonds or wherever else you want to invest your money.
1: And uh, do you, like for yourself personally, are you ever going to use a financial analyst or a financial planner or are you going to try and do this all your, by yourself? And just one more to tack on to that, do you recommend other people to get a financial planner or do you think they can just learn from sources like you and other people just to do it by themselves?
0: Okay, Well, I've never uh, never talked to a financial planner or had a financial planner So I don't know. I can't really recommend if they're worth it or not. Uh, I don't know the benefits or uh, drawbacks For me personally, I think if you know what you're doing with your money, then a financial planner is probably not worth it if you understand and uh, You put in the effort to manage your own money Then you, you shouldn't have to pay someone else to do it for you. I think and that's my stand I don't think I would ever want a, a financial planner I might just to see if, if it would be worth it I might try and uh, go see a financial planner and uh, see
1: maybe if there is a benefit to me but do you have anything long term or should we? because before we wrap up I just wanted you to go over again what sources do you recommend other people to look at like what has which sources have helped you the most in learning about this stuff because you're obviously pretty knowledgeable about this stuff, you must have spent a lot of time, right? So, uh, the number one source for me was uh,
0: biggerpockets.com. Okay. And uh, that's just a a blog slash website with thousands, hundreds of thousands of uh, real estate investors, all just trying to help each other, posting articles about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly in their real estate investing careers. And it's seniors helping uh, new investors, right? People that are experienced in real estate and uh, that's where I've learned all of my real estate knowledge the other uh, resource I would recommend would probably be books read every real estate book that you can before you start investing so you said rich dad poor dad were there any others uh, rich dad poor dad there's uh, a couple on uh, biggerpockets.com that they've written about uh, different types of investing strategies there was once I would recommend reading like,
1: uh, Intelligent Investor or something. I can't remember what that
0: was. Have you read that one? I've not read the Intelligent Investor, uh, but that one is about uh, more about stocks and bonds, and oh, yeah, that's it's uh, it's more diverse. It's not just focused on real estate. So it uh, it would uh, depend entirely on the person what what they want to invest in. But that is also an excellent book. And anyone investing in real estate uh, should all check out the Intelligent Investor as well. I would recommend it. Abdullah, did you have any questions? Or? No, I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking, though. Okay, I guess that's all for today. Um, thanks for listening.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's actually like lesson on this shit. You can use, first of all, uh, tones, right? Like I can talk up you here. Know? I right? can talk down here. And you have to vary it so people don't get bored. You can use spacing. So just pause for dramatic effects. Let people out there even catch up with you, right? Stuff like this you can use. If I'm talking to you about a story about how my mom went to the store, I don't have to talk like, my mom went to the store and she did this, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then we all died in order, right? Now I can be like, you know, hey, I'm here. My mom went to the store the other day. Like, my mom went to, my mom went to the store the other day. See that change in tone? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not good at it, but you, we all need to work oh, on this, yeah. right? Yeah, I need to work on that a lot. Uh, the fact was that I was at, from when
0: you said it was today or the other day, whatever you just said, you added a suspense at the end. Okay. So that makes the other person want to be eager to listen to, like, okay, like what the fuck happened at the store. <laughs>